This is Joanna DeCellis, editor of Club and Resort Chef. I am super excited about this new season of Club and Resort Talks, where we are going to discuss the burning issues facing the Club and Resort industry. Today, Tom Hall, executive chef of Green Spring Valley Hunt Club in Owing Mills, Maryland, and I talked about the ubiquitous staffing challenges facing everyone, everywhere. Okay, so this is like gonna be super casual, hopefully. Um, first, how are you? Good, yeah. I'm doing okay. Yeah. So that's like a really good segue into what uh, this whole podcast series is going to be. I want it to kind of be shorter sessions that really hit on burning issues that club chefs are facing. And chief among them is staffing right now. Everybody's got challenges. Everybody's like complaining about it. Nobody seems to have a good solution. So let's just like kick the ball back and forth and see what we can figure out. Let's solve all of the industry problems right now. Sound good? <laughs> Wave the magic wand and we'll be done. That sounds like a good idea. Do you have one? <laughs> yeah, I wish I did. That's for sure. Um, okay, so let's start by, you wrote a blog. Um, I had asked you to write a blog for uh, the new year talking mm-hmm. about um, New Year's resolutions. And you had a pretty cool idea in there that might help a little bit with retention. Can you tell us a little bit about that idea, how you got it, like what exactly it is and how it might work? With the four day a week uh, schedule. Yeah, that's, it's something I've always wanted to do. And I've, you know, I've seen other restaurants do it, you know, maybe some of the really high end restaurants um, have talked about doing it. Some have implemented it as well because retention is, super important for them because, you know, knowing the culture and knowing how to do things and knowing how things work is a challenge, you know, and then if you keep turning people over, you just keep teaching that. So it's important to keep those people around. And same thing with country clubs, um, you know, getting to know our membership and knowing who they are and what they like is important. And the better we are at that, the better we are at doing our jobs. And we can do that really well if we keep the same staff around for a while too. Um, I never want to keep everybody here forever. I want them to move up and move on and do wonderful things and be great chefs. Um, but keeping people around for a little while, not six months, not a year is important. So sitting here trying to think how to do that and what, what, how can I separate myself from another restaurant or another club or any other part of the other, the hospitality industry, um, and, and trying to figure out how to get this four day a week, 10 hour a day thing going. Um, and I'm lucky to have a small crew where I can make, I think I can make that happen a little bit better. Um, how big is your crew? Um, when I'm fully staffed and as of yesterday, I'm the fully staffed for the first time in two years. Wow. Congratulations. (laughs) Wonderful. Um, it's myself and a sous chef and then five other guys and that's it. So there's seven of us total. We're closed two days a week, which also helps. Um, and that's pretty, that's abnormal in the industry. You know, a lot of people are just closed Mondays. We're closed Mondays and Tuesdays. So it makes it really easy to kind of pull this off. And so I don't know if everyone can do it, but, um, you know, I think a lot of clubs, uh, you know, you have to have a lunch crew and a dinner crew and this and that with a, if you have a, if you're working 10 hours a day though, you can almost, you know, eliminate a lunch crew or something. If you have those guys come in at 11 and they leave at nine kind of thing. So we're going to play around with it. And I, like I said, I finally have enough people in the building to do it. Um, and it's just kind of getting everybody cross trained a little bit. And like I said, I have a small enough crew and I don't have a banquet team. Like everybody does everything. So, you know, if my cold site guy can learn how to work the grill station and, you know, 
my middle guy, my expo guy can, you know, work saute or grill, you know, if I can get everybody to do a little bit of both, then it becomes a lot easier to make that a reality. Um, and luckily, you know, in the winter, we're a little slower, so we can start playing with this now. And I'm not trying to figure out in June when we're running around like crazy. So. And I, I guess know. there's probably benefit also to the uh, employee. Not only do they get maybe a more desirable, desirable work week, but they also kind of get to learn things that they might not learn otherwise. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's something too, that, you know, even just talking to my crew yesterday when I, you know, I, you know, I had a former employee get in touch with me and he wanted to come back and, you know, all of a sudden I have a guy, I don't need to train coming back. So now I've filled out my team and I have, you know, everybody knows what they're doing. You know, everybody's kind of excited to go, all right, cool. Like I know my station really well and I'm going to start learning something else, you know, and it, there's a little energy there, some excitement. Um, and that's a big thing too, you know, and just keeping people engaged. Um, and, you know, I, I, I can't imagine anything better than having three days off every week. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, really. <laughs> you're coming into work two hours early. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, really not that bad. So, yeah. Um, and it also kind of gets gets these guys ready for, um, you know, eventually when you become a sous chef or an executive chef and you're, you know, you're, you end up being on salary. Like, those are some long days too, you know, and that's maybe this kind of helps ease them into working some of those longer days because, you know, once you become management, you know, your days kind of tend to be a little longer. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So you, you, this is the first time you're fully staffed, you said in two years. So yeah. that's had to have been a fun time. <laughs> so like, yeah. give us the lay down, low down. How did you, how did you manage over the past two years? How have you attracted this, this final piece of the puzzle to be fully staffed? Yeah. So I think it was December of 2019. I had uh, one of my sous chefs, Taylor Maxwell had moved on. He got an executive chef job, his first exec chef job, and I was super proud of him. And it's something we, you know, worked on a little bit together and we made it work. Um, and that was great. And, you know, but, you know, you lose your sous chef, it's a little tough, but it was, gen you know, ended up being January. I moved one of my guys up uh, and that's been a great fit as well. But all of a sudden, you know, I'm kind of like missing some pieces and then COVID happens and then you know, we managed to stay, you know, we stay busy doing like take and bake meals and we stay busy, but we had to furlough some staff for a little bit. Um, and everybody came back after furlough, but you know, it's just, the world was different and you know, we'd lose a piece here, you'd hire a piece, you know, you get somebody else and just, it was tough. And, you know, I think we got through the first part of COVID until the winter pretty, pretty well. And then the next last year, a year ago, uh, you know, it slowed down again and had another person leave. And it just, from there, it was like super hard to hire. And I, I mean, at one point last year, I was short three people. And that was like Yikes. May, June, well, and July. I was actually yeah. all the way till September. So from May to September, I was short three people. Um, wow. And, you know, that's, that doesn't seem a lot for some kitchens, but, you know, when, when you only have seven, <laughs> that's yeah. a pretty big percentage. And the way I'd really like to explain it was like, that's 120 hours of work that I'm trying yeah. to cover, you know, with four people. So, um, you know, my guys, you know, I was burnt out. My guys were burnt out. Everybody's burnt out after that. Um, and we got, you know, we hired up somebody in, you know, September and we hired up somebody in beginning of November. So we got close. Um, and we got through the holidays all right with it, but it was, it was, it was unpleasant, you know, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I'm lucky yeah. to have a really strong team that really rose the rose the occasion. You know, it was a yeah. big thing. So 
you know, I don't think you're alone in that struggle. You know, we talk about how hard staffing is universally across food service right now. What advice do you have now that you're kind of on the other side of it for the moment? <laughs> do you yeah. have for the chefs who are really, who are in the three person down the 120 hours to fill? What advice do you have for them right now? Yeah, that's, um, it's been easier since we, after the holidays, since we slowed down, it's been a little easier to kind of uh, look back and see what I was doing that was working, what wasn't working. Um, and it was something else I talked about in my little blog was like, there was times where I was just working all the time, you know, just hundred miles an hour, just crazy busy. And I wasn't doing anything fun for myself or doing anything that I enjoyed. Um, and it was hard to find time or energy to do those things. But when I did find myself that time or I managed to like work up the motivation to do something fun or something I enjoyed, I definitely had a little bit better of a week or, you know, a couple of days or whatever. And that was, that was tough, you know, but, um, you know, something I, I look at when I'm trying to hire and, and work with this, you know, trying to get people in the doors, just put myself in their shoes. And uh, remember back to when I was in line cook and I was making seven bucks an hour. And, you know, there's the, the, our cooks in this industry in general have, uh, you know, it's, it's, they've been underpaid for a long time and, and trying to put myself in their shoes and remember how it is to be like that. And, doing everything I can to help them and, and put them in a situation where they can be successful um, makes me feel good too. when I can help my staff and, and do things for them. Um, you know, I spend so much time with my crew and, and if I can help them in any way that I can and sit down and give advice or talk about other things other than cooking and being busy, that, that feels really good as well. You know, and that's being a human feels good sometimes, right? Oh, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's really crazy. Unbelievable yeah. how, how it works. But, um, you know, I, those moments where I can sit there and help somebody or give somebody some advice and it turns out to be the right thing. Like, oh, that is a relief as well too. And it's, it has nothing to do with work and it yeah. is really sitting down and getting to, to be, you know, friendly and, and human with your, with your, your teammates. It's crazy. Yeah, seriously though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So there's been a lot of turnover in the industry in the past six months, lots of newly appointed executive chefs, lots of people moving on to different different segments of the food service industry. And even beyond that, what do you think is coming next? Do you think that we'll finally see this staffing shortage level off? Do you think that we'll see all kinds of new ideas from these new executive chefs? What do you think is going to happen next? That's a good question. And I, you know, we all wish we had a crystal ball and we could look into the future. And I don't know if we'll know. And I don't, you know, there's a lot of people who left this industry in general and, and they're trying out new things. And there's going to be people who that it works out for. And there's going to be people it doesn't work out for. And like I said, I had a, a former employee call me, you know, earlier in the week and wanted to come back and they'd left the industry. So um, it's, it's a different world out there outside of the industry. And and it's working out for some and it's not for others. So I think we'll get a little bit of that back and some people will make their way back to this industry. Um, I think businesses and clubs and anybody in the hospitality industry is gonna realize that we do need to uh, address the, the pay that we you know provide for our staff. Um, and that's something, that's a conversation I've had with my membership and my leadership uh, as well as, you know, working in clubs, you know, a lot of the people who are on the board or, you know, committees or whatever, haven't been in the situations that 
you know, a lot of people who work in this industry have been. Um, and sometimes they need to hear some of those things and, and be a part of that conversation and, um, you know, living paycheck to paycheck or, you know, just scraping by and saving a couple bucks here and there is, is a reality for a lot of people in our industry. And if they want to attract quality talent, like they're going to get, they're going to pay for it, you know, and that's, yeah. I'm totally for it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'd send my guys in to do any job in the world. You know, when we're busy, man, there's not many people who can do what we do. Yeah. Um, and that that skill should be rewarded. So for sure. I think that's I think that's how we're gonna have to fix it. That is sound advice, and I hope for the best. I hope I hope that you're right, and I hope that there's a turning tide in that when these people find their way back into our industry they come back to a more receptive place that is better for them and doesn't make them want to leave again. Right. <laughs> like that's the fix. Yeah. That's the hack. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, you know, if, if you were a lawyer or a doctor or whatever, and you had to work every night, holiday weekend and all those things, you'd be asking for a lot of money, you know, and that's what these, these guys and gals and everybody else does. And uh, we need to reward them for it and they need to get paid. And it it is what it is, but it's, you know, it's a tough, tough, tough job. And there's not a lot of people who do it really well. And we need to take you gotta care of them. You got to hold on to them when you got them. Yeah. <laughs> take care of them. Hang on to them. Keep training them. Find them yeah. opportunities like you did with your executive sous chef. For more podcasts, check out our site, clubandresortchef.com. <laughs>